Welcome to the Student Pages podcast. Uh, I have Susie Ruffle here with me, the comedian Susie Ruffle. How are you doing, Susie? I'm very well. I liked how many times you said the word Susie in that first opening bit, just so everyone's very sure it's me. No problem. Um, I'm very well. How are you? I'm not too bad. When you when you come on a, a Apollo, do you get to choose your entrance music? You do, yeah. Do you actually? Yeah. So Always you, wondered this. Yeah, you choose your own track. You have to give them a couple of options, but you give them your first choice, and then they've got to get permission from the artist or whether... The artists are on a list that people say that they can use their music. But yeah, you get to choose. I'd love to come out to just like really sad music <laughs> and then just and just bomb as well. I'd love to bomb. I How think many you people say that, but you would actually hate it. No, but just the experience <laughs> saying, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, did, I bombed at the Apollo on purpose. And great. I came out to Elliot Smith and everyone was really miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I mean, there are horror stories of people having tough Apollos. Really? Yeah. But I would never tell you who. <laughs> As in they show it, they don't show no, it. No, 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 they just, um, the edit is... Um, Flattering. Well, it's not that the edit, it's not really that they change anything really, it's just that um, you get angles of people that are having, that are enjoying your set more. Yeah. But it's, um, but it, it can be, it's known to be quite a tough gig because especially if you're not a massive famous person, mm. people are like, oh, who's this? Because we've just queued for like three hours outside. Yeah. But generally I think people have nice gigs there. But I've heard horror stories. Wow. <laughs> I, I, re I really want to know these. I mean, if you stories. Google hard enough, you'll find them. <laughs> okay, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, how, anyway, how you been, have you been since Edinburgh? Since Edinburgh, I've been very good. I've been um, touring uh, the country with my solo tour, and then I've been doing quite a few TV bits, which has been lots of fun. Ooh. Can you tell us about the TV bits? Yeah, of course. Uh, what have I done since I've got back? Uh, Dave Gorman's Terms and Conditions, which Sweet. is a new show for Dave, uh, which is really fun. And then an episode of um, There's Something About Movies, which is Alan Carr's show for Sky One, which was amazing because on the panel every week is Tom Allen, who's a re really dear friend of mine, and Jennifer Saunders, who's a hero of mine. And then on our episode, and then Michael Sheen's the team captain on the other side. And then on my episode was Josh Widdicombe, who's one of my best mates. And then the other person that was on the show was Sean Bean. So it's just <laughs> this really mad day of being like, like, afterwards, you have a drink in the green room. Yeah. You know, I'm still very much, like, you know, jobbing comic. I go out on the road. I sometimes do the club still. But generally, I'm just touring by myself. But I'm not, you know, famous. And so you're just in, like, a green room afterwards having a drink and being like, well, you're Sean Bean. You're Sheen. <laughs> You've been nominated for an Oscar. This is huge. Yeah, and then you're with you're, your mates as well. Yeah, you're with your mates. And you're also with Jennifer Saunders. And you're sort of, like, having these things with your mates. Because, like, some of my mates are now famous. But I obviously knew them before they were, like Josh and Tom. So you're like, God, this is a strange life. Mm. But it's really fun. So I did that. That was awesome. That went out a couple of weeks mm, last week on Sky, which is it was really fun. I told I told Alan Carter F off and amazingly <laughs> made the because I know Alan because I used to do some of his support. And I assumed it wouldn't make the edit because he didn't give me a point for something. And I was like, oh, F off. And he was like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. And then coming on my show and then telling me to do that. And I assumed they wouldn't keep it in. And then my mum texted me and was like, oh, you were rude to us. I was like, oh, sorry. But apparently it was very funny. So, But I never watch those things back. So uh, apparently. You don't. Funny. You don't ever, mm. if you do it like a, a panel show or something, you watch it back and you're like, ah, oh, they no. cut out that really funny thing I said. No, because there's nothing you can do once the edit's done. Right. You have no say over it. All you can do is turn up on the day, do the work, know the subjects you're talking about, you know, have read the news if you're doing mock. Uh-huh. And go for it. But, but once it's out, there's, you have no control over the edit. You can't say, can you keep that gag in? You can't say anything. Yeah. It's down to whoever's doing the cut and the producer. So 
It's sort of pointless to. Was that? If you would would is like is mock more scary as in what well, mock the week by the way yeah. guys is mock the week more scary than Apollo because oh, it's, it's just sort of different Apollo's like and mock is a really long record so you're there for like two and a bit hours right so you've got time to sort of relax okay you're yeah. being filmed the whole time you um, play off other people so you know I'm doing it next week I think Reese James is on. Um, and like I know Reese, and so like hopefully we'll have a bit back and forth. Hopefully there'll be some like running gags that we can get in. Yeah. Um, but it's nerve wracking because you're doing new material on telly. Yeah. You've written yeah. The, the you go oh, okay well what can I say about the election? The election will definitely come up in one of the questions. Let me have some stuff prepped for that. And it's yeah it's uh it's, so that's nerve wracking. But then Apollo's scarier in, in in a different way because you go well this is. A sec- this is a chunk of me doing what I do and so people will either like it or they won't and you want to have you know and, and that's what I do I'm not um, a I don't want to be a panel show like someone that just does panel shows I'm a stand up that's right. my job and so that was more I guess more um, I guess it's just scary in different ways but but mock there's a Apollo it's all on you but with mock there's a sense of playfulness because you're it's like throwing a ball to someone, yeah. you know, like, oh, okay, we'll keep it up for a bit, try and get something running. Um, but it's a different thing. I can understand that. I just, I feel like with Apollo, there must be kind of immense pressure to kind of have the best gig of your life. Kind of, yeah. You, you, like if you're not hearing thunderous laughter, like to the rooftops, you'd be like, well, I'm here and it's... No, but I think that the, I was really lucky that I had like a, I had a really nice one. And I, um, I, I, I really liked the material that I did for it, and it really clicked with the audience that night. But you know, there'll be plenty of people who are household names that didn't enjoy their like their really? first time oh, okay. Yeah, because it's a room that's set up for music. The ceiling's slightly too high. The audience are lit, so they feel like they're being watched because they are. Yeah. Because there's a camera near them, and so they don't really relax as much as they would in a dark theatre. Uh-huh. So it's just lots of different factors. But oh, it's yeah. All, t- all, all comedy on telly is sort of spinning plates. Yeah, definitely. But you do... The thing with um, Apollo is that you get one stab at it. So you go, you've got... You get... You record for about 18 minutes. One edit is for 12 minutes. One edit is for eight minutes, depending on how long the length of the show. They have one show that goes out an hour, one show that goes out half. And then you've just got that time to go, oh, I hope I smash this. Yeah. But it's great. Yeah. It's like doing your exams. (laughs) It's like doing your exams. It's like you, you know, like mock your dissertation. You've got time to work on it. And there's, and then. uh, Although, I suppose if you're doing your exam, you don't find out you've messed it up until much later. No, but surely you'd have a, I didn't go to university, but surely you'd sort of know if you were like, ooh, I forgot to turn the page. You didn't read the other side. (laughs) I did that in my A-levels. You did it. No, in my last a level exam i did Eng- it wasn't quite that i um i answered the wrong it was an english exam so i answered the the wrong question for the right texts so i'm i read it wrong and i just swapped the text that was in the question with my text and then in the last 5 minutes of the exam honestly i've never r- felt like my heart has literally sank in my chest oh no but i i i tried to just change the essay so it was it matched the question because they were luckily quite similar questions just rushing through, changing things. And how did you go? Did you pass? Obviously, you must have. Sure. Yeah, but I was, I was one mark off what I needed to make my uni 
place. One mark. And I got it remarked the same mark. Oh, God. <laughs> so you went to a different university because of that? No, luckily, the uni was like, they, yeah, my, they, they kind of let me. They were there, they understood, yeah. Oh, see, I, I, I went to drama school and I didn't, I, I'm not naturally academic, so school wasn't r- a great place for me. Hmm. Um, but I've never, I, see, that sort of thing I find terrifying. Like having to learn that sort of, like doing exams, whereas stand up, I'm like, yeah, pass me a microphone, I'll be fine. Do you have to wait for the laugh to kind of travel to you? Yeah. I've well, always wondered to, that. So you don't wait for the laugh to travel to you as much, but they make more noise. So it sort of depends on the type of theatre it is. So if it's a really high, this is like really like into comedy now. Yeah, it's yeah, a really yeah. high seat. Like if you walk into a room and you're like, oh, it's a really high ceiling, you're like, meh, it won't be a great gig because the laugh gets lost. Uh-huh. Whereas if it's a low ceiling, that's why the comedy store in the West End, the ceiling's really low because the laugh can't go anywhere. It just hits the roof and comes back. So it hits you really quickly. Whereas if there's more than 2,000 people in, the, the you just wait longer between yeah. laughs. And also in those rooms, if you've got the confidence to wait, to pause, your laugh will be longer. Whereas yeah. if you start talking, people will stop laughing because they need to hear you. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Wow. <laughs> it, this, this stuff is serious. There's sort of a science to it, but... I wouldn't... Not an exact one. No, not at all. And it's ever-changing. But you want a, a low ceiling. When I was at school, I did a, a project. It's a kind of... It's like you get half an A-level for it. And then you could do a project about whatever you want. Okay. And you can make it a practical thing. Or make you can have like a... What do they call it? Uh, Vocational? Like no. a like some kind of material thing that you do. Like, like creating an object. Or okay, sure. putting on something. So I put on a comedy night in my school. I was like, I need to have red brick in the back. Uh, that's because of Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was like, I'm just going to, I don't know what it is, but I just feel like if I have red brick, so I've made, I had fake red bricks. Great. Found them online and uh. I painted, every lunch break I'd go and paint another, another section of red brick. Uh. <laughs> it was such a waste of time. But it's, um, a, but it's, but there are clubs that are sort of, that, that do have red brick walls at the back. I like the intimacy and, and of it. In, in, it's sort of a New York style mm. comedy club, which mm. is why Seinfeld um, has that. But it's, um, it is quite tall. I would have got a neon sign as well, but unfortunately not. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Edinburgh. Sure. Did you have a fun Edinburgh? Yeah, I had a really fun Edinburgh. So I've done a bunch of shows up there now. This one was probably the, um, the one that was sort of most critically acclaimed for want of a better word and uh, the run sold out really quickly which was really nice so like day five I think the whole run sold out so I knew I didn't have to worry about getting an audience because that's a massive thing in Edinburgh certainly when you're coming up when you're a new stand-up like there's just so many shows at the fringe Hmm. there's thousands of shows at the fringe and trying to like carve out a market where you're trying to get 100 people to choose you every single night it's really it's really tough when you start out um, and so it was really nice to get to a stage where I didn't have to worry about numbers and I knew people were coming and I knew that people were sort of looking forward yeah. to it. You could just focus on the show. On the show, yeah, exactly. And that's, I, I enjoy Edinburgh. I don't love it because it's, I mean, the idea of it is a lot more fun. The idea of it, and certainly when you're a new act and you haven't got the pressure of like the critic from the Times is in tonight or mm. whatever, you, um, you know, it's boozing every night and you go out and it's loads of fun and you're back late but it doesn't really matter because like who's coming to see you the next day you're just working <laughs> on your craft and trying to get better mm. but once you are in a, a place where you're like oh okay well that person from the BBC's in or that person from Dave's in and you know that you need to like smash it every night then you're like I've done my show and I've had one beer I'm going home to bed <laughs> so it's 
is a different kind of Edinburgh for me this year, or the last two years, I guess, or three years. But um, it was still really fun, but I prefer touring it. So now I'm on this sort of big tour. I'm sort of, I've got a really nice sort of autumn and spring, which is either me doing my own tour show, me doing bits of telly stuff, sort of doing one episodes of different shows or two episodes of different shows, or I'm opening for Josh Roddickham. Mm. So I'm just going around the country playing to great audiences for the next sort of few months, which is utter joy. And you don't, uh, do you ever, I mean, how long have you been doing this show now? This show, um, I, so the, this is the one that I took to Edinburgh, so the first proper night of it was uh, the 31st of July, and then I did it 27 times, I did a few extra shows in Edinburgh, 27 times in Edinburgh, and then I had a little break from it, and then I've done about 10 dates of the tour now. So, so I don't, I don't want to say like, do you get bored of it? But do you ever feel like no, I want to like switch like a valid it up? Question. No, but that's sort of what you can do in your own tour. So it's um, it's uh, you have to find. It's like I, I guess it's like being in a play to some degree. You know, you've got to find something. You know, there's people that are in the West End that will do shows for like two years, uh-huh. and you've got to find something fresh. And you also, you know, the audience will bring and excited energy every night. You're sharing this story with them. You know, what I do is sort of storytelling, confessional stand-up about my life. And so, you know, the fun thing about um, a a tour audience is there, I I find that the chat that you get on tour with audiences, sort of the banter, will be much better than in a comedy club because people sort of have invested in you a bit more. They might know you a bit more. They might be a bit willing to talk to you a bit more. Like last night, I had a couple in the front row in Folkestone who were definitely on a first date. And so I was like, so who organized me as the first day? <laughs> and the guy uh, w- looked unsure. And so I was like, okay, so it's the girl. And so then there's lots of, you know, without wanting to like embarrass them or make them feel silly, because I hate all of that. But um, there's obviously lots to go with on that. So like he had no idea who I was. Yeah. And she was a fan of mine. And so I'm like, right, so I'm wor- you're working out through me whether you've got the same sense of humor. <laughs> to carry on to have another day and that's a really fun thing to play with I love I love it that's the only that, that, that's only going to happen once yeah the tour. I love that that sense that comedians have when they see people in the audience and they just know I feel like comedians are really good at that being able to work out like what date someone's on or where I, I, yeah I think it's just from hours on stage yeah like I think that's the only way like when people say like oh you know you're often asked in interviews or when you meet newer comics, like, oh, what advice would you give? Uh-huh. You're like, the only thing you can do is be on stage. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. where you learn everything. Like, obviously, you need to write lots as well, and that's, a, and that's another process that's really tough, and you work out how to do that in your own way. But it's hours and hours and hours on stage that make you learn. Like, you can sort of work out, you can go, that woman is not making that much eye contact with me, so she's not going to be a great person to talk to because she's not super confident. However, this guy that's sort of leaned back, yeah. He's like sort of he's spread out a bit, not in a cocky way, but he's he's got a sort of a sense of ownership. You're like you have the confidence to talk to me. This is why I always get picked on a comedy show. I sit right at the front and I'm grinning the whole way through. But then that, that's sort of what you want. But then I guess at my some comics like doing this, some uh, audience members like it, but I don't really like being mean to the audience. Mm. I'm not a massive fan of that style of. I think some people are amazing at it, but that style of like really putting down someone for no reason or being like unnecessarily mean or ageist or crude to people for no reason. I just think it's really cheap. 
Yeah. I think it's a really cheap form of comedy, insult comedy. I mean, some people do it brilliantly, it's just not for me. And um and I think I think there's a lot of stuff with comedy in that that like I've got friends that'd be like, Oh, I'd never go to comedy because I'd be terrified that someone would pick on me. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot less than people assume it does. Yeah, definitely. I think it's sort of I think it's, hap- it's something that happens like in the 90s and early 2000s a bit more, but now I think comedy's a bit more woke. Yeah, I mean, how do you how do you MC? Oh, I just talk to people, but only people that I can sort of tell are willing to be spoken to, and if you chat to someone and you can tell they're hating it, I just move on really quickly. Because wh- the last thing I want to do is, like, if someone pays to come and see you, uh, for them then to have a horrible time, it's like my worst nightmare. Because, yeah, you know, it's expensive to go out to comedy, and it's, you know, it, you, you, you know I, I really value every person that buys a ticket to the tour that want to come out and support me. So I want them to, f- I don't want them to go home being like, oh God, I hate to sit in the front row. I wish you didn't keep talking to me. Mm. That was so embarrassing. I'm really shy. I didn't know that my seat was in the front. That was the only seat left or whatever. I'm, I mean, the thing is when I, when people ask me to MC or if I try and MC something, genuinely I am so much more scared mm. than, than the person I'm talking to. Of course, well yeah, I mean, and again, it's like, it's like anything, it's practice. Yeah. I, I, host, I hosted a lot for, Sort of in the early part, earlier, earlier part of my career, I hosted, you know, maybe four or five nights a week, and you just get really used to it. Yeah, it's just, it's just practice, really. You go, oh, there's a family there. I'll talk to that mother and daughter. I've then got some material about my mum uh-huh. that all links up quite nicely. Okay, there's people on a date. I'll chat to them. I'll talk about my dating life. You can sort of make it feel like it's a big conversation. Yeah, I guess it's that thing of being comfortable on stage as well and exactly, getting the stage yeah. time and, and getting and, yeah, that. And just years in it. Yeah, my goodness. And um, for your Edinburgh show, like how did you, so many comedians have so many different ways of like writing their shows. I've heard some people say they do, they try and write five minutes a month or some people who start, yeah. they write the whole thing in March and then they, yeah, you know, yeah, workshop yeah. it. What's your process? So I do, um, so this year I knew that I wanted to, to talk about being happy I knew that that was what I knew I wanted to do a show that was I feel like the world's a very bleak place at the moment and mm. I wanted to do a show that was very joyful because um, that's what I need at the moment and there's loads of brilliant comics that do loads of satirical hilarious political stuff but it's not really what I do and so um, I knew I wanted to write a show that was about happiness I knew so I, I've always got a book that's with me at all times that's just got notes in of like oh that funny thing that happened or that school thing, or that memory of that thing, or isn't it amusing how people react like this to each other? Or, you know, there'll be lots of different things that I've thought about, or there'll be notes in my phone. And then um, I just sort of write bit by bit. I know what the, I I knew the show was gonna be about happiness, um, but it, it could have sort of gone in any direction. But I just, I sort of, I write ideas down and then I go and workshop them at New Material Nights yeah. where there's no pressure and the audience haven't paid very much and I can go on with loads of notes and go, does anybody else think this? Because this happened to me the other day. And you'll get a titter or you'll get a few laughs and you'll go, okay, tick that, that's, in, that's an idea that works. Mm. Does, anyone, does anyone else feel like this? That's literally just me. There's nothing in that. Yeah. And I sort of work it out like that. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I could never sit down and write for... I don't sit down and write for hours. I sit down and write for like 20 minute stints and then go and try those bits. I, I, a bit, I, think, I think you're either someone that writes really well and then you don't need to gig it as much. Right. Whereas I don't think I, I, I think I write fine, but I do like 30 previews before I go to Edinburgh. So I'm like constantly making changes, constantly right. cutting bits. I'm really, um, 
I'm really cutthroat with material. Like if it's if it stops working, I'm like cutting it all the time. Yeah. So that you're even even if you're like left with forty minutes in July and you're like I need to write another ten minutes, I'd sooner do that than take up something that I wasn't that I didn't totally believe in. Yeah. Do you have a favourite place to try new stuff? Uh, there's a few places. There's a really good night in Peckham called Rye Laughs that my friend runs. That's really nice. The Camden Comedy Club, my friend Jessica Foster Q runs a night called Hooners Club. These are very London-centric. Sorry, guys. Um, but they're probably my favourite places. Um, and to actually, to avoid being London-centric, do you have a favourite city in the UK No, to there's loads of places that are great. Like, I, I always do Manchester on tour. Birmingham's great. Nottingham's great. Brighton's great. Oxford's brilliant. I'm going to Oxford tonight to open for Josh. Um, but I also do my tour shows there. And then you'll, you'll go to places that are like way, you know, you go to like Cumbria or um, Whitehaven or somewhere that's like really far North Devon. And often you'll go to those places and they'll be really great because people are so happy that you've come to their local theatre mm. and people are up for it because there's something on in their local village hall or whatever. And so generally you can find a good crowd in most cities. Yeah. Generally. <laughs> I um, I wanted to ask as well, because I'm, at the moment, I'm kind of starting to do club gigs mm -hmm. and kind of breaking in. And one of the things that's weird for me is I'm used to doing gigs where there's no green room, where yeah. it's just open mics, you know, yeah, where yeah, you yeah. just have to sort of sit in the room. And now I, it, it feels weird kind of, I, I get into a green room and I'm with people who are a lot more experienced than me and it's kind of intimidating because yeah. I, I don't know. I want to be kind of fun and joke around, but at the same time, I don't want to, you know, s say something not funny or disrespect these guys in some way. Yeah, so yeah. what do you think? What do you think of? Do you feel, feel like there's like a kind of green room culture? Etiquette? Or, yeah, etiquette or um, when you started out, did you, yeah, did you have I, the I same thing? Yeah, I remember feeling it in places like the store, the comedy store, because that's. I mean, it's becoming less so, but it, for a long time, it's been a very boysy, yeah. male environment. And it was really like, like, to give you an idea, I did live at the Apollo before I did a weekend at the store. Uh -huh. So like, it's, it's you know, they're, they're quite like, even though I was totally ready to do gigs for them, they're, 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 it felt like quite a closed shop for a long time for me. Um, I play there quite a lot now and they're very nice to me. But um, I think, no, I think just being... I think that you don't need to perform in a green room. Yeah. I think, like, save your act for on stage. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's the thing, because I think you can be in a green room, and, like, quite often people are, like, working or working through bits, or, like, a, that you're catching up with people that you haven't seen for ages. Mm. And, you know, I'm sure that I was guilty of it as well. You, like, want to be funny in yeah. front of, like, bigger comics, but it's, like, just be funny on stage. I was, um, yesterday, I was in a green room with, do you know Mike Wilmot? Yeah, I know Uncle Mike. Yeah, I was with him, and uh, he, I was just, I, uh, at the start, I was like, maybe I'll try and I'll try and. Uh, hey kid. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, kid? Yeah. I was like, I'll, maybe I'll try and join in and make some jokes or like try and take the piss. And I was like, this is going to be impossible. I'm I just going to listen. I'm just going to yeah. listen because everything he does is like that would be my closer. Yeah. Everything he says. Yeah, he's really funny. He's so so. But Mike yeah, there's years in the game. He's just been going for like. Yeah. Thirty years maybe. I'm longer, maybe, I think. Yeah, he's been going forever. Start, he told me he started in '86. There's yeah, a proper. Okay, that's 33. Proper old school comic. That's 33. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That was quick maths. Oh, that's how old I am. Oh. That's why I can work it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in 86. That makes sense. He said, he, said he, he came to the country when I was minus five. There you go. 
so yeah he's been in the game a long time yeah i, love I think that's like the thing that. i think just be your, be yourself but just don't don't feel the need to perform there we go oh i'm getting advice here ah. this is brilliant i had um i had something i wanted to do actually Can I, uh, maybe make this a thing i'm not sure and it's folded up in this little box i brought okay but i have this i do this thing with my friends called the night off triangle okay and uh, so at the top of the triangle is casual casual meetup. Meet okay. And then you've got out, out, and then you've got stay in. And there's your, yeah. And this is a night off of comedy. So like a, yeah, like a night, a night to yourself. What would you be? Oh what my you've, God. you've straight away put I'm it on stay away, in. Stay <laughs> but how old are you? 20. Yeah, see, I'm 33. I've had so many <laughs> nights out. Oh, I've done so many nights out. Um, I mean, it depends who the out, out would be with, who the casual meetup would be with. But, Generally, I mean, I'm I'm at the stage at the moment where I'm, it's really full steam ahead with the tour, uh-huh. and so you're really busy or, or doing different bits and pieces or writing jobs, and uh, it's quite, um, yeah, it's quite rare to have a night off mm. where I'm not running back from somewhere at a reasonable time to try and hang out for a bit with my girlfriend. That makes sense. So um, yeah, I'm I've become quite boring and I love it. There we go. Well. Um, I'm sure I'll I'm sure I'll get there. Right, well, yeah. just rather stay in all the time. Years. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for coming, Susie. Oh, my pleasure. It was Good it's been a pleasure. Up. Oh, I'll thanks see you in so much. Room. You too. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. That's been that's been Student Pages podcast. <laughs>